Welcome to Boca, a podcast exploring the ever-blurring lines between the personal and business lives of professional photographers. This is your host, Nathan Holritz, and I'm so excited to have you join me in connecting with photographers and entrepreneurs in the photography industry as we discuss photography, building a business, and still having a life through it all. This podcast is brought to you by Photographer's Edit, custom post-production for the wedding and portrait photographer. And now, let's dive into conversation. So it's my privilege and honor, and uh, it's actually been quite the, uh, the pleasure to hang out with Zach Gray, my friend. I'm here in uh, Franklin, Tennessee, just outside of Nashville. And we've actually spent the last, I don't know, 24 hours or so riding motorcycles. It's been a lot of fun. <laughs> Absolutely. It's really cool to have something in common with someone you also like that you can do, like riding motorcycles, which is a huge passion of mine that I've been doing since I was six years old, believe it or not. And luckily, I've not been in any accidents uh, yet, yeah. <laughs> except for except for on the ride over here, where I almost rear-ended someone. But don't don't tell my wife about that. <laughs> what what got you into motorcycles in the first place? Did your dad ride early on as well? Yeah, um, um, my story is interesting. I won't get into the whole thing, but my dad left when I was really little, um, so I, I didn't spend a lot of time with him for about fifteen years, from about five to twenty. But the earliest memory I ever have of my dad when he still lived with me was falling asleep on the back of his motorcycle, wow. and just remembering that feeling of being off with my dad and my dad pushing me up against the back seat, you know, and crushing me and make sure I don't fall off the bike. And yeah, it's just, it's stuck with me for my whole life. And that's why I love motorcycles. And bring it full circle. And just recently you had the opportunity to surprise him with a motorcycle. I did. Yeah. My dad didn't ride for quite a number of years. uh, And lately he's just been focused on retiring, paying off his house and I was fortunate to have uh, the means to be able to buy him sort of the motorcycle of his dream. So I bought him a motorcycle for Father's Day, and I drove it up to Wisconsin and surprised him with it. And we, I took my bike as well, and we went on a ride together for four or five days, and it was incredible. That's so. powerful. I, I know that uh, I just got my license here within the last five months or so, and so um, I'm still learning the, the ropes, if you will. But really, the primary one of the primary motivations for me to get a motorcycle, to get a license and then buy a motorcycle was to connect with family. I have two brothers who ride. My dad rides. He's ridden since he was, I guess, a teenager. And to actually get to go out and connect with him in that way has been incredible. So uh, I can absolutely relate there. But it's been it's been a privilege. For those of you who do ride, uh, the Nashville area is a beautiful, beautiful place to ride. We hit some country roads. And then the Natchez Trace, is that is that yeah. what it's called? Yeah. Uh, this two-lane road, a route that goes over 400 miles, correct? Yeah, it sure does. Yeah, it's like a 10,000-year-old, you know, ancient Indian trail that in the 30s was converted into a, a federal high or federal you know, back road or whatever you want to call it, but it's two lanes, winding road in the middle of nowhere. Nothing is on or off of it except for just winding road for 433 miles. And it's, it's, it's incredible. It was stunning. I was blown away and, and it's too easy not to twist that throttle and go. And we, we got a little bit lucky. This cop's coming the opposite direction. It's just this little two lane road, beautiful or winding road through the, through the no forest one. and over the hills. Nobody's on it. And, uh, and, and, uh, we were picking up a little bit of speed and, and here comes a cop, the other direction flashes his lights, just a little warning. Zach very coolly kind of waves his hand as a, a thank you for letting us go. And, and we were on our way and, and, and a little bit slower <laughs> sweating bullets. That's for sure. But thank goodness they were really cool about it and, you know, let us go. <laughs> yeah. So it's been a lot of fun. We actually got back out uh, this morning for just a few minutes, rode over and had some breakfast. And one of the things that, um, that we were talking about is photographers in, in the photography industry, uh, a lot of photographers, and I can actually speak from experience personally, um, just kind of dive into business. 
they like the idea of taking a picture. Maybe they consider themselves an artist. They want to explore that. So they, they dive into this realm of, of offering photography as a service with little to no business plan in place. Mm-hmm. And then when it comes time to actually make ends meet, uh, they, don't, they don't have the systems in place and, and really much of a plan to begin with in order to actually make enough money, not only to make ends meet, but ideally, of course, put money away and have a vacation or two. And, and their kids uh, through college. Absolutely. You know, do, do real things with it, you know. Or, you know, as I like to call it, a lot of photographers these days are um, gravy makers. So maybe their husband and that's a, a you know, a, a girl who's shooting or a female and she's doing this on the side to add to the family income, making that gravy making money. But um, whatever the case may be, like you want to be able to maximize what you're doing as best as possible, whatever your goals are. And if you want to make more money, how is the, what's the most effective way to do that? And realizing that there is a business that has to be in place in order to make that work effectively. Well, in some case, I mean, you've got so many different family dynamics these days too, right? So you've got single moms and, and just single photographers in general, male, female, um, partnerships, big families. Um, I just heard from one of our clients who has seven kids and I'm hoping to go up and film one of film their story, kind of tell their story and what they're doing with their business and the additional time photographers edit has brought to their lives. But, um, you've had the opportunity not only to run a successful business. And when I say successful, you know, people throw that word around a lot and you, you hear these workshops about how to make more money as a photographer. You guys went to the extent of saying, here's our tax return. When we talk about making a six-figure income, we're not just we're not just making this up. Yeah. We actually did this. Yeah. Uh, but you've had the opportunity to teach photographers for a number of years mm-hmm. as well, in addition to running your business. And I think you've probably seen patterns uh, over those years, certain behavioral patterns that photographers have that have actually kept them from being as successful as they could be. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you say? Maybe the top two or three things that that you see have kept or inhibited photographers from being as, as successful as they could be. I think the first thing is that, you know, most people get into photography, like you said, because of passion, because of um, being, you know, excited about something creative. And then a friend tells them, you know, this is the Michael Gerber e-myth story. A friend tells them, you're really good at this. You should you should charge for this. And you're like, that's an even better idea. You know, why don't I charge to make money on something I really love? And then when you start really getting into the business aspect of it, you realize the business side is a whole nother thing to learn outside of photography. Photography is just the technical execution of what you're doing, but you know, running the books and finances, marketing, all that strategy is a whole different ballgame. And I think personally, one of the reasons that so many people shy away from that or just sort of manage it as they go when it's not quite where it could be for them is because they don't realize that there's really a lot of formulas you can follow that are proven and in place that if you just follow those formulas it's not as complicated as we made it out to be you don't have to get a business degree you don't have to read a hundred thousand books you know on the on the subject you just have to follow in my opinion to run a, a successful business some really good practices that a lot of photographers have streamlined over the years that have figured out you know when i jody and i first got into photography i started falling in love with businesses that had you know, huge amounts of success, the Starbucks or the McDonald's of the world, not because I necessarily love their products, but because I love the way they did business. And why were they able to grow so big? And I started doing a lot of research and reading a lot of books on them. And I realized, especially through Michael Gerber's book, The E-Myth, that the franchise mentality, which is building this great system that works every single time over and over versus just 
playing it by ear, just figuring it out, out as I go, the statistical difference was astronomical. Sure. 4% success rate on small businesses that just figure it out as they go over 10 years, and a 76% chance success rate over systematized businesses that are franchised, that someone comes in that's an expert at figuring out the best way to take care of a customer or the best way to market, and you just follow that system. So we said, okay, let's follow the system. And we started following a system and our business exploded. And we've been teaching it ever since. Now, to play a little bit of devil's advocate, a lot of photographers are gonna say, wait, 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 I don't wanna be the McDonald's of the <laughs> photography market Definitely. or the photography industry. Yeah. How, do you, how do you implement a system or series of systems to run your business more effectively and ultimately be able to make some money yeah. while simultaneously providing this kind of custom experience for the individual client? Absolutely. And I think that's really based on your style and personality. You know, that's what's going to make your business unique and different. But what you don't want to be different in is if the best thing to do is to take care of a customer and you don't take care of a customer because you're different, you know, like you just want to be able to take care of customers. They want to be able to rely on you. You want to be able to give them a great, consistent experience over and over and over again for all of your different clients. And when I talk about McDonald's or Starbucks or, you know, any of those companies, here's a better one for you, Apple, you know, mm. every creative understands there's a business model right there where they have a beautiful creative product that people love to interact with, but the way that they market and sell it and promote it, is very consistent. It's very beautifully done, and it's very. It feels amazing to interact with a product. So think think of it that way. They're they're not a franchise business. You can't buy into that model, but they are a huge scalable business that's used really great, powerful systems that work really effectively. So it's really about that. It's about just repeating a beautiful creative process over and over. So think of it that way, not uh, delivering uh, cheap cheeseburgers. <laughs> we don't want to do that. Fair enough. And and we, I mentioned this to you in conversation earlier, but I just recently talked in one of our podcast episodes about the fact that art and systems aren't mutually exclusive. Right. You can still offer a custom experience mm -hmm. for your client that makes them feel taken care of on an individual basis, individual level, um, provide that that artistic experience for the client, but then also implement a system or systems in, in your business that allow it to run efficiently mm -hmm. and ultimately enable photographers to make a bit more money. So give us two or three kind of next actions, some steps that photographers yeah. can take in their business to kind of take it to the next level. And even before that, I would say, you know, for those, for those that are listening that are thinking business and that's kind of boring, I'm not super interested in that. Let's, let's talk about something really, really briefly that photographers love, which is say lighting. And I'm a big lighting guy, off-camera lighting. And I, the mentality for me with off-camera lighting has been the same where if you learn a foundational step-by-step -step process, if I get this kind of modifier and I put it at this height and I put it at this distance and I put it at this power in comparison to the existing light and I take an image at that setting, I'm going to get this result every single time. And that's what I love about lighting. It's scientific. It's mathematical. You set it up and do this and you're going to get the same result every time. Now, once you have that foundation in place, it becomes very easy to be creative you know you've got the baseline down and now if I want to adjust the light and be a little more dramatic or if I want to change my angle of my camera, if I want to adjust my shutter speed to control that background a little bit different, now I can become very creative with the process because I know I've laid a beautiful foundation for my work. The same goes for business. You build this beautiful foundation of systems, the way you handle clients and all that, all those things and then you have this, this freedom, this ability comes in to go, how can I be creative with this client? How can I blow this client away based on something they're yes. personally interested in that's going to make me come to life interacting with this client? That's what great business systems are really about. I love it. And, and I think you made a, an absolutely brilliant point, which is that 
putting the systems in place frees you up to provide the experience, yes. the very experience that you're wanting to, to, to provide for these clients, mm -hmm. the freedom to create as well. So kind of walk us through through this process. Give us give us two or three steps, or the photographers yeah. two or three steps they can kind of focus on. Yeah, so when Joni and I, my wife and I, first started in photography, um, we, we started thinking about that process, and we said, okay, what are the key areas when a client starts, inter well, even a prospective client starts to interact with the business, what are three key areas and I love keys, you know, one, two, three step is very simple for me. I'm sure. a very simple guy. Yeah. I'm a visionary guy. I don't love a lot of things to do. <laughs> and I, my wife is the manager. I'm not, that's not my forte. So I like simple. Um, but we, we sort of uh, surveyed sort of the experience of a client from when they first contact us on a contact form on our website and say they're interested all the way to, through to the end of the, the process. And for us, we shot a lot of weddings. So if, we'll talk from a wedding perspective, but this applies to any type of photographer. And really those three key areas were one, the lead, you know, lead comes in and how do we manage that lead in a really great systematic way that also allows us for that creativity to make sure we reach that client individually. So leads coming in the door, what's the best way to convert them into a paying client? Number two would be once they become a paying client, how do we tell them we're going to do X, but then blow them away with something way more? So they're always under promise, over deliver. And that gives us the best chance to not only have a great experience for them. And I'm not just talking great photos, but interacting with the business experience. You know, they really love how on top of things we are, and how we manage them and how we cater to them and how we serve them. And really, we're in a service-based business. How can we serve them best? And what that also does is when we do that, it gives us the best chance for them to tell their friends about us so okay. to get referrals. And then the last one is the delivery process, the wrapping up. So they buy products and services from us. How do we deliver those products in a way that frees us up um, to not be tied to constantly working on images and products and albums and whatever we're delivering for the client getting bogged down with that but be able to go back out and market and our business and have fun doing those things but also deliver in a timely manner to our clients so it's really those three key areas so we can talk more in detail about those definitely well let's dive into the first one yeah the first one obviously lead conversion right so when leads would come in the door jody and i were always working on and what i love about great systems is they they, they do create a lot of opportunity for creativity because as you start looking at you know the metrics how many leads came in and how many did we convert and what were people's reason that didn't convert and what and the people that did what were their characteristics what was it about them that drew them to us that drew them to our photography so we started realizing one of the you know i'll give you a couple of like uh, things that you can implement in your business as well but when we started getting leads we started realizing if we focused on qualifying a lead and not just taking any lead we could get and doing our best to just try to convert them because we noticed if we just got a generic lead and maybe they weren't the best fit for us, how do we know? And we started spending a lot of time and energy, especially during the busy season, trying to follow up on leads that were never going to book us in the first place. So we said, we have to qualify our leads better. We have to have a good qualification process. So that's the first step for us in lead conversion is qualify. So we have a four-step sales process. I learned from Dave Ramsey, who's a great sales guy. And the four steps are qualify, rapport, educate, close. So if you're right, taking notes, write that down. Qualify, rapport, that's R-A-P-P-O-R-T, educate, and then close. So when you're qualifying a lead, we realized if we can set some parameters for what we're looking for, but they just are filling out that information for us, thinking we're looking for as much information as we can get so we can help them, then we can start looking at leads and sort of going, is this a green flag or is this a red flag for you know, a high quality lead? Um, and an example of that would be, Obviously, on our lead form, that's the best place to do it. So on our lead form, we would have simple things like their name, their email, 
But then we would put a little more tricky things in that weren't required, but we were looking for for a good lead like, what's your phone number and what's the best time to call you? Because if somebody's truly interested, if they came from referral, maybe you shot their friend's wedding, they probably want to talk to you. If somebody doesn't want to talk to you on the phone, they probably don't trust you very much. Mm. So it may be harder to convert them. It doesn't mean they're not a good lead, but it does make the process harder. So if they write down on that lead form, hey, here's my phone number and call me at 2 p.m. on Tuesday, guess what I'm going to be doing on Tuesday? They're very interested. We would also ask things like, what's your venue? How did you hear about us? Did you hear about us from a generic Google search? Probably not going to be the best lead because they're arbitrarily just searching for a photographer. But if they said, hey, you shot my sister's wedding last year, i go, we already know each other. Right. This is a high-quality lead. They're warm. And we would kind of rate leads from cold to hot, you know, somewhere in between. And then another one we would put on there was, believe it or not, we would say, um, uh, what's your photography price point range? So we're trying to qualify their finances too because if, if we charge 4000 bucks and they're saying their, their budget is 1500 bucks, it's going to be very hard to get them to – two and a half X their budget. Right. But if they're within 20 to 30% of what we charge, and I've had people put down $7,000 before, and we only had charged you know, 4,000 at that time. <laughs> I'm like, this is a great lead, you know, yeah, awesome. Um, but that's another qualifier. And then the last one will be just tell us more. So we would always have a place for them to just type information. And if they would write stuff like, hey, I'm just scouting around, looking at a bunch of photographers, trying to find someone. I'd go, okay, well, maybe that's not the best fit. But if somebody, I remember one guy said, hey, I know who you guys are. You shot my friend's wedding. I don't know if I can afford you, so don't pay so much attention to my budget. But if I can figure it out, I want to try to hire you for my wedding. And I went, this is an amazing lead. Even if the budget isn't there, maybe we can do a payment plan and figure it out. And sure enough, we book that client. So when you get that lead to come, that's step number one. Qualify that lead really well. And when it comes in, follow up on the high quality leads first and with the most intensity. And then just have a more of a basic system of emails and follow up for you know the more generic leads or the ones that aren't maybe as, as good. So that's step number one is really qualifying those leads. And I've realized too that as soon as a lead comes in, my number one goal is to not just start spouting information back to them. Send them an email going, here's what we charge, here's my pricing, and yes, I'm available for the date. That's just information, but it doesn't really help me to stand out in any way. In particular, I realize the best way to stand out is to do what Simon Sinek says in his book, Start With Why, which is to tell stories, right? Mm -hmm. How can I tell the story of my business and how my business is going to make their lives better? How my business is going to enhance their lives? And for me, the best way to tell a story is not through an email. So for me, the best way to tell a story is in the phone or in person. And I realize if I can talk to someone, if I can get them excited about what we do, if I can get excited about them, if I can hear their story, be interested in their story, the chances of me booking them is significantly higher versus me just sending even a beautifully written crafted email. But even in your simple emails, because we always send you know, a generic email back to every client that we maybe modify a little bit depending on what they said in their, in their lead form. But even when you send an email back, think about the words you're saying, everything you're saying. There's, a, there's professional copywriters out there that do this for a living, that write crafted, copied emails. And I recommend, our, some friends of ours, Luke and Kat, they actually hired a professional copywriter that writes all of their emails that they send to their clients, and then they, they specifically tailor them to each client. But their conversion rates went through the roof when they started sending beautifully written emails back to even just leads. So think about that process, a system, that's a system, right? Another, another way to get people really excited about you. So qualify those clients, that's, that's number one. I know we're limited on time, so let's dive into to number two here. Yeah, um, you know, obviously with uh, uh, you know, leads, that's very important is qualify those leads, build rapport with them, get on the phone with them. Um, and then your best bet is to give them every opportunity to book you. And once you book them, um, 
the next step, you know, we talk about step number two, which is really, okay, now we have this long period between booking and, you know, creating their products and services at the very end, which is that third step. So if you're a wedding photographer, we have, you know, Jody and I, our, our process was about 78 steps, which is what we've detailed. There wow. were 78 things we did from emails to tasks to following them on social media to sending them, uh, you know, uh, wedding questionnaires and figuring out the locations and a lot of back and forth, a lot of stuff. How do you right? keep up with all of that effectively? <laughs> well, for many, many years, Jody did it in Excel, you know, okay. spreadsheets because she's a hyper crazy managerial mind freak mind you know like she could just she, she could just do it you know and she did that with our books our finances our leads like she knew where everybody was when to follow up with the next person and it was like hyper complicated and when i looked at the system my head was going to explode um in the last year jody and i built our own system for that that photographers can use it's called shoot flow and ShootFlow is that system built into a piece of you know online software. software okay. So it basically tells you the entire system front to back what to do next. And version two is coming out very shortly here, which allows you to customize that through the Wazoo for portraits, for custom workflows, for all kinds of really cool things. Um, so that's a great uh, system that we have um, that's just come out recently, just came out this year. Uh, but ShootFlow does that for us now. Okay. Um, but really just following any sort of repeatable system, if you're, you can do this in Trello, you know, you can download a free app and build a system. The problem is you have to build the system and know what it is sure. um, and then follow it. Um, Shootflow tells you what to do every single time. But that's really what we uh, we did. I relied on my wife and then I relied on my wife to build a piece of software that allowed us to do it. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 78 steps. I mean, a lot of people, including myself, are going to get lost in you know, three or four, much less 78. Yeah. That's a lot. And really, most photographers don't realize, even with a simple portrait session, how many steps there are until you start outlining it, until you start writing it all it's down. True. It's There's true. a lot of back and forth. I mean, there are so many... Th- just the emails alone, the amount of emails you send back and forth with the client and how many that you could send that could be done in a much more efficient way yep. to get the, you know, the booking or the date or the locations done quicker. There's a lot more efficient ways to do it. That would save you a lot of time and allow you, you know, to play with your kids who are sitting on the floor waiting for you to be done, you know, sending in that last email or whatever it may be that you're doing. And, th- and that's what, you know, both of us are in that business, helping people create that freedom and flexibility in their lives to, to get back to the things that matter most. But back to uh, that process is, you know, we have this entire experience um, for the client from the time we book them to the time we're you know, ready to start delivering their products and services. And Jody and I look at that process as, as well. And we said, what's the most effective way to not just do what we're say we're going to do? Because if you do what you say you're going to do, you have integrity. And integrity is a great thing to have. Um, and at the end of the day, the client will typically just pat you on the back and go, hey, thanks for doing exactly what you said. But what Jody and I always wanted to do was go, hey, tell the client what we're going to do. But what we're really going to do is way more, was way bigger. And we tell them, you know, we're going to shoot, shoot your wedding and we're going to, you know, organize the day and we're going to communicate with you really well. And we're going to do all these things and we're going to we're going to make sure this is a great experience for you. And that was really the photography side. But then we said, OK, let's surprise them with all these, you know, these other things, these side things that are really about enhancing their lives, mm-hmm. enhancing their marriage. And that's what really helped set us apart in our market, I believe, was, yes, we pre-wrote every single email and we crafted the time of when we were going to send them, how we were going to follow them on social media. We sent them a 52-question questionnaire to organize their entire day. We asked the bride if she had a zip-up or a lace-up dress because that would change how we photographed the day because it took an extra 15 minutes to lace up a dress. So we had to organize the schedule of the day differently based on those things. We did all kinds. And, you know, we'd ask them, the bride, 
who's all of your vendors and their contact information and their addresses and all that stuff. And then we'd follow up with all the vendors and we'd do a big uh, introduction to all of them to uh, get them all on the same page with us. And that would be a part of our marketing system and all these really cool things that we did. But that was all standard stuff for us. But then we would go out on the side. And I think this is really important that a lot of people can get creative with and have a lot of fun with is go, how can we do something simple? We would send every client to what we call the get to know you form. And we would say, here's 15 really interesting things about Zach and Jody. And tell us these 15 interesting things about you. Um, and we would get that information back like strangest food you ever ate or your favorite, uh, uh, your most romantic memory or the first place you went on a date together or whatever it may be. All these different kinds of fun, interesting questions that the bride and groom love filling out. We would take all that information and then we would use that as ways to surprise them with fun uh, marriage enhancement things. And I remember as an example, we shot a wedding for this couple down in Jacksonville, uh, Florida, and they put on their uh, their get to know you form. They said, our first date was at Chuck E. Cheese. And they kind of ch- laughed about it because like that was the only place they could go. <laughs> and for some reason, they went and played skee-ball. You okay, know? okay. So Jody and I said, you know, we always send our couple some sort of date night gift or something that's about, not about wedding planning and about organization and about photographs. It's about them. It's about them remembering why they're getting married, which is about love and their relationship and this dedication to each other. So I remember we went to Chuck E. Cheese here in Nashville and we bought like a $20 gift card and we uh, went on uh, Amazon and we bought like uh, uh, the Chuck E. Cheese little, you know, the ball pit that you can jump in. And we bought one of those balls and we stuck it in a little uh, thing and we mailed it off to him with a letter. And we said, hey, uh, we we, we saw in your get to know you form that the first place you went on a date was Chuck E. Cheese. And we want you guys to remember how this all started and why it all started. We want you to go back to Chuck E. Cheese, have a date on us. We spent 20 bucks. You know, if you're if you're new in your business, you can send them a $5 gift card to something. We sent a $20 gift card. And we said, you know, go back and remember remember the beginning of this thing. Mm. Like, you guys are getting to this milestone of getting married, but remember how it all started. And I remember them just going, we knew you guys, because they'd known us for a long time. We knew you guys were going to do something for us, but that was really thoughtful. Thank you so much for reminding us of why, why we do this. So, you know, why we're getting married, what this relationship is all about. So I think enhancing people's lives is one of the most important things we can do as a photographer on the side as a supplementary to just delivering great photos and a great service and a great experiences but we have to we have to emphasize the fact though that you were able to do that you had the freedom the flexibility to do that Mm -hmm. because you put the systems in place and it takes that there's again that the notion of structure and organization Mm -hmm. to a lot of photographers who would consider themselves artist types it's it's mind-boggling to them right it, yep. it's stressful that the idea that they would have to put any kind of time and effort into something like that is mm-hmm. it's just not a priority but yep. the reality is that if they're willing to make that investment if they actually want to build a successful business first of all yep. uh, and then if they're willing to make that investment that initial investment of some time and putting those systems in place they will then have the freedom and the flexibility to take their business to the next level because they can they have the time the freedom to create that experience for for their clients that's really important yeah so we've talked about um, kind of qualifying the leads uh, so that you're bringing in the right clients for your business, the reflection of your brand and ultimately who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, and then implementing the systems that will allow you to create an experience that, that takes um, your brand or, or, or I guess kind of beats the expectation of the client that you're bringing in. Uh, you, you set a certain expectation, you know how the freedom, the flexibility to kind of beat that expectation by creating a beautiful experience for them. Um, take us to that third step, that next third, that, that next step that will allow the photographer to, to take their business to the next level. 
Yeah, the last thing that I think is so critical is, you know, the formulas that we're using to deliver, right? So we've done all this work, we've built this great experience, we've converted these great clients, and, and now they're expecting the product, right? Delivering the product. So how do we effectively deliver the product um, to the client? And I think one of the most important things today with social media, with iPhones, with the guests standing in the aisle taking it, pictures while you're taking pictures is delivering those products and services in an efficient way, in a timely manner, and realizing that you are the artist and you're the photographer. I always said this for many, many years. I want to be a great photographer and not a great Photoshop photographer. I want to be really great at taking pictures and not. I don't want to be the greatest editor on the planet. And the reason I said that is because I don't want to have this six, eight, ten week drawn out process of me fiddling with my photos for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours because that's you don't make any money while you're doing it. You're actually losing money. Every right. hour that I spend in post-production or post-production of any kind, building an album, building a coffee table book, getting prints, uh, uploading images online, editing my photos, all of that stuff is something that's costing me money. And a lot of people don't see it that way because they think I got paid and now I'm doing the work. Um, but the reality is, is that the longer I do that, I'm not out buying that gift from my next client or getting that next referral or right. following up on those hot leads or figuring out the next thing I should be doing with my marketing or spending time with the people that I love. I'm not doing any of the things that this job is supposed to give me the freedom to do. I'm instead spending double, triple the amount of time on stuff that's actually losing me money. So again, it goes back to great um, creative systems. What's the best and most efficient way that I can deliver to my client that meets, the, meets or exceeds their expectations. And I've realized if I'm a really good photographer and I focus on really great photography, the truth is, is that as an artist, I see the difference in that, you know, extra four minutes I spend on this edit that no client sees and they don't even buy that image anyway because it, their favorite photo ends up being the one that I thought was going to be the one they hated the most. You know what I mean? That happens every time. Like I, I'm like, this is the greatest photo. And they're like, no, I don't want that one. I want this one. Yeah. I remember I built a whole album one time and the client said, this is awesome except can you change all these photos to these ones? And I was like, those are the worst photos. These are the best photos. And it's just clients just, they're not creatives like you. They don't think like you. So we don't have to deliver in the way that they think, you know what I mean? We need to deliver in, the way, in, the, in what they want. We need to give them what they want, which is they want their images, they want their pictures, and they want to experience that as soon as possible. And the quicker that they experience that, the quicker that they're going to buy into any products that we, we may be offering them or be more quick to refer them. The longer we wait, the more they move on to the next thing in life. And if you just sit around and fiddle with your photos for a really long time and finally deliver six or eight weeks later, they're like, oh yeah, weren't you gonna give me those photos? Cool, thanks. But when we deliver a week later or we call them on their honeymoon and go, right when they get back from the honeymoon and we go, hey, we're so excited your images are done 87 days early. You know, Because we would tell them it's gonna take 90 days, but okay. really we'd deliver them you know, fast. <laughs> So I'm a big proponent of, you know, my, uh, me and you were talking about this, Nathan, uh, earlier, my friend uh, Jared from California, he was talking a lot about, you know, the difference between the third world and the first world. The third world, people do everything themselves, which is why they're poor, which is why they never grow. In the first world, people trade goods and services with each other. It's a collaboration. Mm. And I think we need to get back into that mentality of collaboration as artists, that we cannot do everything ourselves. We can't be the jack of all trades, the master of none. We need to be great at our craft and create great at interacting with our clients. That's our primary purpose and our primary job is to serve our clients and to take amazing pictures. 
And then we need to get other people involved to help us. You know, that's what we talked earlier about the system of, you know, something like Shootflow. That's a product or service that we can implement that takes away the weight of the management of the business. Outsourcing our album creation or outsourcing our editing, you know, all those kind of things, they seem like an expense that we don't want to take on. But the reality is they're costing us three or four or five times more than, than the actual price tag because we're not able to go out, grow our business, create a better experience for our clients, and then therefore charge more, grow our business to the next level. So I was never a proponent of that. You know, I, I never believed that, you know, something even as um, seemingly important as sitting there in front of my computer and editing my photos was an important thing for me to do because I did a lot of tests early on. Many, many years ago, I had other people editing my photos and I'd send uh, three versions to my client, an unedited version, one that I edited and one that someone else edited. Yeah. And I said, tell me which one's your favorite. And they picked a different one every single time. And I went, man, but I spent all that time adjusting the contrast to 12% instead of 9%. <laughs> and that guy adjusted to 9% and I wanted to 12%, you know, and the clients couldn't tell the difference, you know, especially when they look at it on their monitor, that's you know <laughs> completely different than mine, you know? So I think that ultimately, thinking about the collaboration model. What are the things that are bottlenecks? What are the things that are sucking up the most of your time and getting in the way of you doing the things that are growing your business? Because I promise you, building albums, editing photos, um, you know, all those kind of things are not building your business for you. They're actually allow, they're doing the opposite. They're taking you away from the ability to create and build a better business. I couldn't have said it better. You were, you were talking about offering nuggets to our listeners. You've offered a gold mine, and I can't thank you enough for your time. I know we went a little bit long. Where can photographers hear more about you guys, but also what you're doing? And, and they can actually learn more of what you were just sharing. How can they, how can they find this information? Uh, the best thing is to go to zachandjody.com. Uh, we have a bunch of free eBooks and some free business book uh, eBooks on there that you can sign up for. You get on our email list. That's the best way to hear from us consistently. Mm -hmm. uh, but go to zachandjody.com. There's like 10 different ways to, to sign up to our email list from there. And then we send out information like this all the time from blogs, videos, shooting, lighting systems, all kinds of cool stuff that they can you guys can check out. Awesome. Perfect. Thanks so much, Zach, for your time and, and just for hanging out for the last day or so. Yeah. Um, and looking forward to connecting again in the future. Thanks for having me, Nathan. Thanks so much for listening to the Boca podcast. If you'd like to hear a particular photographer or entrepreneur in a future episode, don't hesitate to email me, nathan at photographersedit.com. The Boca podcast is brought to you by Photographers Edit, custom post-production for the wedding and portrait photographer.